Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I am joined by the son of Bonet and the son of Hal Marsh, which we will explain, Mr. Steve March Torme. How's it going, Steve? <laughs> well, it is going fine. So for your already confused listeners, I would be the uh, stepson of Hal March. All right. So what, what has been up uh, lately? Oh, boy. Well, uh, <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Uh, since we talked... Uh, I think we talked before uh, New Year's Eve, I believe. I'm sure we did. Yes. Um, I did a I did a concert um, in Lake Havasu, Arizona, underneath, literally underneath the London Bridge. Oh which, wow! Yeah, which was uh, I guess disassembled and shipped out to Arizona years ago, and it is now big. You know, it's a tourist attraction there in the middle of Arizona, uh, and it goes over um, Lake Havasu. So that was kind of that was kind of fun. That was. Well, it was kind of fun. It was fun to do it. It was cold, and it's outdoors, and it's the only concert I've ever done in my life where I was wearing an overcoat and gloves. That was a new one. Um, yeah, you would have been laughing if you had seen it, too. But the concert was great. It was fun. I, I, um, three of my buddies um, drove in from Los Angeles. The, uh, the trio drove in from Los Angeles. I flew in from Wisconsin, and it was great. And they want me to come back and do a concert in October. Uh, they have a, a thing called London Bridge Days, which I guess is the, is the, the one big day in the, of the year there where they celebrate Lake Havasu and they celebrate the fact that they have this bridge and they want me to do kind of a Beatles kind of concert there, which I'm, I'd love to do. I, uh, it's, there's some logistics involved with trying to get the right people out there to do it. So that's one of the things that's been going on today. And uh, I, don't think, I don't know if your listeners want to hear about my car troubles. <laughs> no, probably so and I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to get a, a tour over in uh, in Europe, opening up uh, possibly for Freddie Cole, Nat's brother. Um, yeah, that would be great. So we're working on that, and it's not cemented in place yet. I've got um, – in, in one week, um, I've got uh, – I'm doing three performances in a show called Symphony on the Rocks. There's a – there's a band here. I don't know if I'd mention this to you or not. There's a band here in Wisconsin. It's, it's like the, the most popular cover band here. They have it for 30 years uh, called Vic Ferrari. And every year they do these series of concerts with the symphony orchestra and their rock band called Symphony on the Rocks. And I'm, I'm going to sit in as the guest singer next weekend. Uh, we have concerts Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And I hurt my foot playing tennis and I'm hobbling around like a, like a cripple. So it's, that's, that's what's happening. time yeah you are absolutely right like most people's lives you know yeah right right <laughs> yep just stuff how do you do how, how uh excuse me how how do you manage to do it all well sometimes i don't but i'm, I'm pretty good at, at parsing out my time you know i'm trying to get that stuff done at the same time doing you know two radio shows every week and i'm on every day so i've got to constantly write and record uh, and I've got two teenage girls, so wow. you know they're stuck. <laughs> yeah, you definitely you, you definitely do do sound busy. Yeah, it, it's just all one of those days. I mean, I, my car has my car has one hundred eighty-two thousand miles on it, so stuff does finally wear out. Except you know, it's never you never call a place and go, all right. So this this thing 
Looks like it's about ready to go. How much is that going to cost? They never say, oh, it's about 70 bucks. No, <laughs> that, that just doesn't exist. So, you know, it, it's, it's a shame to keep putting money into a car. But as my mechanic just told me, he says, well, you want to compare that to what it would cost to buy a new car? I said, yeah, that's true. I can't yeah, really argue. Yeah, with that. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. So also so to going on. So so also uh, to go along with uh, your uh, your your famous dad and, and stepfather, you're also the uncle of um, TV host uh, <laughs> Hunter March. Yes, Hunter March, who is my my daughter's cousin, um, and they're big fans of his, and he's a you know big. Uh, YouTube star, and, and he's been doing some television shows. And I forgot which one he's doing now, but he was he was on um, Emo Genius. Yes. And that went off the air, and I think that might be coming back. And then he was doing some show where you judge people making cupcakes. <laughs> Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and, and then he also, uh, he also had a uh, talk show, too, I think, going on that was on E, I think it was. I don't, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's very charming and and he's silly, so that's a good good combination. And he's photogenic, oh, so it's all good. And he's a bright kid. You know, oh, absolutely. He's not, a, he's, not, um, he's not a dummy. He's a smart kid. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yep. he's accomplished a lot in his young life already, more than what most people will accomplish. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. He's uh, he's on the right track. Absolutely. So what? Uh, so what? So tell me what's, Michael. Tell me what's going on in your life. That's more important. Okay. Uh, well, I'm actually in the process of moving myself to uh, Palm Springs. Well, from where? From Kansas City, Missouri. Wow, you're moving to Palm Springs. Yeah, I think that... Uh, How did that happen? Well, actually, I got to get to know uh, someone that I think that, that you, you might know, um, Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey March. Or no, Mark, Mark, Mark. Not, not March, Mark. Jeff Marks, like M-A-R-X? M-A-R-K-S, Jeffrey Mark. Uh, Don't know who that is. How would I know Jeffrey Mark? Okay, okay, okay. He's actually a a, a entertainer. uh, Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, this had been going on for a couple years or so, basically, and uh, we uh, had been trying to work it out to where basically – I would be out there working for him, and also uh, I would be doing uh, stand-up and comedy and all that, working on, on my wow. as well. So, yeah. So I presume you've, you've spent some time out there? Yeah, I actually went out there uh, last month with a friend to check out the place and all that. So, uh, yeah, it's actually a pretty good deal, too. Yeah, well, it couldn't be a, it couldn't be a lot more different from Kansas City. Oh no no! Uh, actually, I would say Palm. Well, Palm Springs is actually uh, a much smaller town than Kansas City. It's kind of a, oh, of a, a retirement place, yeah. But I mean, just the, everything about it. I mean, you might as well be moving to Marrakesh. I mean, it's just a very. There are no farms in Palm in Palm Desert. Oh no! Well, there's some date. There's some date farms. That's about it. Yeah, absolutely, um, and a bunch of windmills too. I saw. Yep, they have the, the electric windmills, and your weather's going to be drastically different. You know, there's there is no winter. In, in Palm Desert, so well, uh, there is, well, basically, uh, I, I, their their winter is a lot different than than mine. Yes, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I'm in the process of doing, working out all the kinks and all that. So I'm moving uh, Tuesday. So, well, cool. Well, good luck with that. I mean, I, now I presume that you're going to say goodbye to Kansas City and and put it in the in the rearview mirror, and that's going to be it, huh? 
Yeah, actually, my parents are wanting to move as well uh, here in about a year or two. They're getting ready to retire, and they're wanting to go to uh, New Mexico. Out. Uh... Cool, cool. Well, you know, I've talked to people here who have asked me many times, are you, you know, you didn't plan to live out in Wisconsin. Are you planning to stay there? You know, when your girls get out of high school and, and go do whatever they're going to do, are you going to stay in Wisconsin? And the answer that my wife and I have you know, come up with a few times is there is the possibility. It's a possibility. I don't know if it'll happen, but the possibility we would move to Palm Springs down in that area. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, because I mean, I mean, where else are we going to go? I, I, I really thought about this. I mean, there, it makes no sense to go to some new place for no reason. Like, Oh, well, let's just go to New Hampshire. Why? Yeah. Uh, right, you know, right. same kind of weather. And we don't know anybody. The only place that makes sense really is California, obviously, for the weather. I'm not going to move down to Florida. That's not going to happen. Not moving to Arizona. Um, so it would be California. And because it's just because L.A. is so exorbitantly expensive and so crowded, like, why would I go back there? That's really crazy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So what might make sense eventually is the desert, you know, and depending on what I'm doing uh, at worst, I'll play tennis and golf and sleep. You know, I don't know. We'll that's a good schedule right there play tennis golf, and sleep. that's a good schedule there are worse things <laughs> there are worse things absolutely so uh and, yeah. and and it will be good to meet you too uh i know that we've yes, communicating by phone so uh yeah i would love to see you out there we we would do that now i had a, i had lunch with a friend the other day he said well don't you have any plans to retire i said retire why would i retire i said i'm, I'm literally gonna be one of those guys that's gonna keel over on the stage i'll be singing and i go well what <laughs> Bye, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have no intention of, as long as I can keep doing this and doing it at the level I'm doing it, why would I not want to do this? I saw Tony Bennett on stage, I guess, about eight months ago, and he can't really sing anymore, but he's 112, you know, and he's still out there doing <laughs> yes. concerts. I'm lucky. I've, I've, you know, I've got my voice is in great shape, and I love doing this, so uh, I, don't, I don't see retirement in my future. I don't think I'm going to be that lucky. I just hope to work as much as I can and yeah, if I can afford to take my my wife and kids on vacation when we can, and there you go, kind of yeah. covers it. So actually, uh, just uh, piggybacking on that retirement thing, someone had asked. Um, uh, I think it was Milton Berle one time. Uh, they asked him the same question: "Are you ever going to retire?" And Milton goes, "Retire to what? I don't know anything yeah. else." <laughs> well, that's true. He and he and a million people that are in the business—that's exactly what it would be. Now today, that might be a little different. Maybe performers are a little more diversified, but. Unfortunately, I'm kind of like Milton. I mean, this is what I do well, and I don't, you know, I never developed the skills to really do anything else because I didn't want to do anything else. I mean, right, I'm not going right. to go become Absolutely. a mechanic. I mean, this is this is what I do. But he's right. He's what retired to what? So, I mean, and also yeah. you had, uh, I mean, you you were around showbiz people too when when you were younger. Yep, yep. So I, I, mean, I like I like I like performing. I like being around musicians. I like you know staying creative. So we'll keep doing. So let me ask you this, being the uh, son of two, um, well, excuse me, the son of one and then the stepson of, of another one, uh, was there ever a expectancy of you on how, how to act uh, from people since you did grow up in that uh, industry? I think the only expectancy would be from my parents that I would be uh, a gentleman. I think that's really it, you know, to be... Uh, to be truthful and, and, you know, I was brought up well. I mean, you know, I wasn't a, to use a really old fashioned word, you know, I wasn't a hellion, you know, and I wasn't 
one of those showbiz kids that kind of ran wild and did what he wanted and was driving an expensive car when he was 16. I was, I come from a pretty grounded household. Uh, my stepfather um, made sure of that. So I think the only expectations were um, if you're going to do something, you're going to attempt to do something, uh, give it your best effort. And beyond that, you know, be a gentleman. Um, that's really it. I don't think the only expectations that have been put upon me professionally were put upon me by me, nobody else. I mean, you know, Mel didn't tell me, you know, I expect this out of you as a performer. It never even came up. Um, same thing with my, with my stepdad, who really did tell me, he says, I don't care what you end up doing. It doesn't matter to me if you become a garbage man. It's fine with me. Just try to be the best garbage man you can be. So uh, I never had the pressure of, you know, you yeah, I never had the pressure of, you know, you come from a, a, you know, there's a, there's a litany here. There's a, there's a, a legacy that we want to maintain. If you're going to go in the business, you have to keep up your end of the bargain. That's never come up. So uh, I guess I'm fortunate I wasn't pressured that way. So uh, let me go, go backwards real quick here. Um, I said that uh, you were the uncle of uh, Hunter March. Uh, do you have other right. family out, out on the West Coast as well? Is that where all of your family pretty much is? Yeah. Uh, all of my family is on the West Coast, uh, including um, Washington and Oregon. Uh, I have most of my brothers and sisters are in California or, or Los Angeles, but I have uh, a half-brother who lives up in um, Spokane, and I have a half-sister who lives uh, in a little town close to like Nine Mile Bend, Oregon. It's, it's some nine miles, I don't know what it is, anyway. So, you know, I haven't been able to see them for a long time. Nobody, nobody from my family has come out and visited us in Wisconsin, which is certainly their business. The only person who's come out, I think I mentioned this before, is, is Hunter. The only person in my family who's been in my house is Hunter. Um, and maybe I kind of get it. Like, they would figure, why am I going to go to Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I, you know, well, my brother Jeff would have a good time, but they, you know, I do... <laughs> I do uh, do concerts in L.A., so I'm sure they figure if I want to go see him perform, he'll come here and I'll see him perform. Oh, well, I don't okay. have to go all the way to Wisconsin, yeah. but they would have a good time here, even if they just hung out for two days, you know, two or three days, go around, show them where I live, show them the house, uh, take them over to the tennis club, have a couple of meals, yeehaw, and they go back home. But we'll tell see. you what, Steve, tell you what, I will come out and visit you. I will come there out and you visit go. you. <laughs> Tell, tell my wife that I never t- that we're related and that I just never talked to <laughs> If we can make okay. it work somehow. Yeah. This is my cousin Michael, honey. Who? Yeah. Tell you about cousin Mike? We'll make it work. So uh, do your kids want to get into the whole, uh, the whole entertainment scene as well? Well, unfortunately, yes. Um, I, my youngest just turned 13, so I've got two teenage daughters. I've got a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old. The 13-year-old um, is a really good dancer. I mean, she's really good. It's not just, oh, come on. There are hundreds and hundreds of kids in the dance program. Of course, you're going to say your kid's a good dancer. It's your kid. But the truth is she kind of stands out. And I don't know what, it, what she wants to do with it or if she wants to. I know she probably wants to do something in, creatively in the arts, whether it's dancing or not. I don't know. That's a, that's a very tough way to try to make a living. Um, and you're certainly not going to do it in Appleton, Wisconsin. She, you know, at the very least... I want to get her down to Chicago. Um, so we'll see what happens with her. The 14-year-old is really talented. She definitely wants to be on the stage. Um, she wants to do musical theater. And she's, she's a good singer. She's got a great ear. She's got perfect pitch. 
she lights up when she does this. She's a, a freshman at her high school, and the, re- the reason she's going to the high school that she picked is because of their, their drama department. They're, they're well-known throughout the entire state of Wisconsin as this very top-flight uh, drama department because of the, the guy who runs it, the director. And they are doing a production of Newsies. Uh, it's going to be their, their musical for this year. And my daughter's the only one that, that got a, uh, a lead part as a freshman. Oh, so wow. She, yeah, she's really that good. So you know, that's a very long answer to a short question. Do your kids want to go into business? I know Ruby does. I know the 14-year-old does. And we'll see if Sonny wants to or not. But my guess is Ruby's not going to be happy doing anything else. <laughs> kind of so, like there you go. Oh, so kind of like like father, like like daughter. Then, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, it's what we do. You know, it's what Mel did. It's what I do. It's what she's going to do. And she and I have already performed together. Um, we have sung together uh, at two or three different. I mean, you know, good sized venues. Not like taking her down to a little club with forty people. She was on stage with me at the at the Fox City's Performing Arts Center in front of 1,200 people with a 60-piece orchestra. Um, she did the Meyer Theater up in Green Bay, which is a really nice facility, about an 1,100-seater. And oh, we've done wow. a couple of television performances together here in Wisconsin. So she's gotten her feet wet. She's, she's really good at it. So uh, show business just, yeah, I mean, like you say, show business just kind of runs in the March Torme uh, family, it sounds um, like. I'm afraid so, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would be her mother's first choice. But you know what? Um, if that's what you want to do, that's what you should try to do. Because there's going to be plenty there. You know, I know lots of CPAs and good orthodontists who, you know, were were in bands and just realized this ain't going to happen. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, do Absolutely. it as long as you can. And if, if something, I, I've told them both. You know, don't. You know, you're inundated with all these shows and podcasts and YouTube and, 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 you know, and cable subscription of all these people that, that want to be stars. Everybody wants to be on The Voice. They want to be on, you know, America's Got Talent. I said, don't chase that. I said, do this because you really want to do it. But if, you, if you're going to do it because you want to be famous, you'll always be chasing. You'll always be chasing. Just go do, you know, do this. And if it works out, it works out. If you end up, if the, if the, the farthest you ever get is really good regional theater, you're still way ahead of most people to try this. So we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to tell you, uh, Steve, um, ever since your dad and stepdad have been in the business, things have certainly changed in their, their industries ever since. Oh, sure. It's very different. You know, and, and you know, not that long ago, uh, a recording artist's success really was predicated upon record sales. That's completely over. Um, most of the, the money that most artists make now is really it's live appearance. It's concerts. And it's uh, swag that you sell at those concerts. You know, if you if you are anybody from um, Ariana Grande to Steely Dan, de- depending on who you are, to you know Mumford and Sons, whatever it is, if you've got a, a steady tour schedule and you've got a following, you're making a fortune out on the road. Uh, you're not necessarily making that much money from recordings because they're not they're not signing album deals that much anymore. It really is live appearances. And, you know, do a video, get it out there so people see who you are, and fill up your tour schedule. And that's changed. The business has changed drastically. Was it easier uh, when your dad and stepdad were in the um, entertainment field to be, quote-unquote, maybe a a star or a celebrity of some kind uh, for someone who wanted to get into that industry, as opposed to maybe today? 
I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I didn't get the question. I know you were saying. It's, yeah. So well, uh, it's, not, it's not your fault. I just really couldn't hear you. Repeat what you were saying about was it like different for what they were doing as compared to today? Well, no. I'm, I, well, my, my question was, um, was it a lot easier back then to become a maybe quote unquote celebrity or star if you wanted to get into the industry back then as opposed to today? Uh, I think yes and no. Um, I think there was a road to that before that was more delineated, that was more obvious. You know, go out, if you're a comedian, work the clubs, work the clubs. You know, maybe someone from the Carson show comes in and sees you. You get on TV, you get a break, and off you go. Um, I, I think there were fewer people in show business. If for no other reason, there were just simply fewer people. I mean, you've got right. many more people. And the attraction that kids see of, you know, people on TV that they see and, and people, that, you know, going back 30 years ago now, MTV, you know, I think that, uh, that all changed. So I think in some respects, it might have been easier back then to make your mark because the competition wasn't quite as large. But I also think it's easier today to make a quick splash and become a celebrity. You can put out a video that goes viral and everybody knows who you are one day after nobody knew who you were. That didn't right. happen back in the old days. That oh, never right. happened. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think it's a little yes and no on both on both ends. And then also you had only like three stations, and then the the stu the movie studios as, as well. Yeah, I mean that was it. You had the, the outlets, the opportunities back then. I don't think were as large. I mean that's what I'm saying. You can, you know, someone like Miranda sings never would have happened years ago, oh, and yeah. she became. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know who she is. But not everybody does. You know, mainstream America, I doubt if you walk down the street in Wisconsin or Kansas, I don't know if most of the people know who Miranda Sings is. But today's young generation that spends a lot of time on their phones watching videos uh, and, and learning who um, uh, YouTube stars are, they definitely know who she is. And she's made a name for herself, and she can go out and do concerts. That, that wouldn't have happened 34 years ago. Not a chance. We didn't have iPhones, so... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. So um, talk about uh, you said that you were going to uh, or you're working on a tour with Nat King Cole's brother. Well, yeah, there's a there's a lady that I brought on to uh, manage me uh, a couple of months ago, and she kind of found me by accident. She gave me a call and she said she had gotten a call from uh, I, this is not this is not all that interesting. There's a guy that runs the Detroit Jazz Festival, and I called him up and asked. I said, "Look, I need to get a decent agent for for you know jazz festivals and whatnot. I can't just call up myself and say, hi, 'Hi, I'm Steve March Twenty, can I be in your festival?' It's not how it works." So he gave me a list of names of, of, of agencies that he thought might help, and I called all of them, and most of them were, were uh, interested to the point of saying, "Yeah, we saw your stuff, da 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 da," but right now we're actually. You know, we're kind of paring down. The, the roster is as full as it's going to be right now, but thank you. I said, okay, that's all you can do. Well, one of them called her and said, hey, there's this, this guy I talked to, and I, I think he's really good, but I don't have any room for him. Give him a call. So she called me out of the blue and said, well, what are you looking for? I said, well, <laughs> like everybody, I just, you know, I'm lucky enough that my reviews justify what I'm doing, but I need to be out in front of people. It's never been an issue of, going and doing a show and then people saying, you, you suck. What was that? It's just <laughs> yeah. getting the shows. Yeah. That's all just get me on stage. So she and I started working together and she manages Freddie Cole and Freddie Cole is Nat's brother and he's up for a Grammy this year. And you know, Freddie's like 85 years old. So, um, she said, look, I need to get you 
over to England. We need to get you to Europe, and I'm working on a bunch of stuff for Freddie, and I want to try and get you on this tour with him, even if you're just opening up for him. I said, yeah, that would be perfect. I mean, it's, it's certainly not – there's no pressure for me. I don't have to bring anybody in. I'm opening for him. So we're working on that and uh, working on getting in the studio and doing a new record, which I would probably record in New York because that's where she's based and she's got this great studio there. So, you know, that's one of the things we're working on and we're trying to also, um, well, take advantage of is, you know, the, uh, is the most honest way of saying this. It is the anniversary of Nat King Cole's hundredth birthday. If he were alive today, and it is also the 20th anniversary of the passing of Mel Torme. So we are trying to put some concerts together that can celebrate those two events. Oh, wow. Uh, and, well, because you know, venues are always looking for a hook. Like, okay, so you're so-and-so and you're so-and-so. Why should I book you? Well, we can, we can do a retrospective and celebrate these two artists who certainly were not fringe artists. Everybody knows who they are, and they left a great legacy here, and we can put on a show that would uh, – showcase not only what we do but showcase what they do we got a bunch of stories and just be an interesting evening of music so that's that's what we're working on that's what i'm working on with her and you know i would like to be so busy that i actually have to tell the radio station hey get someone to fill in for me for the next six months because i'm gonna be gone so that's uh that's the goal we'll see what happens did Mel know? Uh, were, uh, were Mel and Nat? Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah. They, he and Nat were close. Uh, Nat was. Um, they were best men at each other's weddings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so it wasn't just oh, Mel wrote the Christmas song and Nat sang it. They really became friends. They traveled together, and to Dad's credit, when uh, Nat ran into racism when they were out on the road, uh, Dad stuck up for him and would and would tell places that you know. Hey, if Nat can't stay in the same hotel I'm staying in, we're not doing a gig. So, you know, credit to him for for doing that. Yeah, I was talking to someone else how um Yeah, back in the 60s and 70s, it was hard for those African Americans to get bookings because of what what was going on then. So, uh So, yeah. Oh, I, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it, it was not only hard to get bookings, it was hard to have anywhere to stay. I mean, I'm sure that those guys that were doing a lot of the big band stuff, the, the, the Duke Ellington band and the Count Basie band. and, and Louis Armstrong, well. Absolutely. I, I, I'm sure the bands, those guys had to spend nights sleeping on the bus. Had to. Oh, yeah. Because they pull into a little town to a concert, and the motels and hotels said, you're not staying here. So, yeah, I can't even imagine. It just uh, What's really discouraging to me is the fact that uh, there's still so much of it going on in 2019. It's like, are you kidding me? So, you know, there's, there's still so much strife and so much division. It's, uh, well, it's too bad. It's just yeah, too bad. it really is. Yeah, it really is. Yep. So, I really thought this stuff would be over. Um, I thought it would be over after the Watts riots in 65. And then you had the Rodney King event in 92, and the whole place erupted again. And go, oh, this, this really may never stop. And now it's just of a different beast, it's all, but it's still going on. I mean, it's tr- truly unbelievable to me, but it is what it is. So uh, uh, a couple more, more questions for you here real quick, and then, then I'll let you go here. Um, so uh, what advice would you give to someone? Uh, and, and I know that I had to ask you this before, but uh, what advice yep. would you give to someone who um, is wanting to pursue, like, I guess like myself, who is wanting to get into the entertainment field? I would tell them the same thing I told my daughters. I said, you know, if you really like doing this, um, 
then do it and really have thick skin. Because especially if you are an entertainer, meaning you specifically, and, and you're a comedian and you like to entertain people, you really better have thick skin. I think we talked about this before. You know, if you go to a concert or even into a little club and you see a band or you see a singer and they're not very good, people will still applaud at the end of the song. You know, just out of common courtesy, when a song ends, people will, you know, they'll, they'll clap and they might, you know, talk to each other and go, oh, not very good. But they're, they're still just out of common courtesy, you applaud. But when a comedian tells jokes, if they're not going over, nobody just laughs and just sits there and goes, well, I guess we better laugh. So if you're going to go into it as an entertainer, somebody who is funny, who enjoys getting a laugh, who enjoys making people laugh, you better be ready for the nights when they're not going to. And it's going to happen. Um, the funniest people in the world, you know, Robin Williams and, and Steve Martin and Sam Kinison and Seinfeld and you know, Jay Leno, they're all, they're all seasoned professionals who are great at entertaining audiences, and they all have stories of working clubs where it was just dead. For whatever reason, the same stuff that made everybody laugh the night before bombed. And you have to know how to say, you know what, next, I get the next, next audience, no, no big deal. And that's easier said than done because people are understandably sensitive and some people are very thin-skinned, and I get it for, for various reasons. Uh, I, have, I have buddies that were in the business many years ago, and they got out because they simply couldn't take the rejection anymore. They could not take going to audition after audition after audition and not even getting a call back. And if you can't handle that, you're in the wrong business. Um, like I said, I, I, I really feel I'm pretty darn good at what I do, and, and the the concerts I do and the, re the reaction I get, I'm always so flattered and so thankful uh, for people wanting to hang out afterwards and buying CDs and talking and saying, God, this is, we just love the concert. But I get turned down more than I get accepted. And if you can't accept that, then wrong business to go into. So that's, that's what I would tell anybody that wants to do it. You know, be prepared. Do your homework. Uh, completely believe in yourself. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it because if you don't, you're, you're already in trouble. You know, if you're going to let naysayers say, yeah, you're not very good or you're not very funny or, uh, you know, I, I've heard better guitar players, then you're already in trouble. So the most important thing for you to have is, is self-belief and self-esteem. And like I said, if the best thing that ever happens is, you know, maybe you end up in a touring company of um, Wicked and no one will ever really know your name. You're just one of the dancers in it. So what? That's, that's a great way to go and it's exciting and every, every stage is different. Every town is different. You know, there's a reason that this business is so alluring because you're not sitting behind a counter at Costco. You're out there, inter you know, every night's different. Every single crowd is different. Uh, every reaction is different. Uh, your failures, hopefully, you learn from. So, you know, for somebody who's not a Menza, and I'm not, that's at least the most sage, cogent advice I can give. And also, uh, my, my final question for you is, um, I know that you had mentioned the, the radio show, but uh, is there anything that I can plug for you? Um, well, yeah, you need to tell people to listen. Um, I'm on the Music of Your Life um, network uh, Thursdays and Fridays, but I think they replay some of those shows. So they can just look up uh, musicofyourlife.com. But also have them stream avenueradio.com. That, that's the word, avenueradio.com. I'm on um, five days a week, and I'm on seven hours a day, and I, I enjoy the show. It's kind of fun to do. So we can plug that, and we can... Um, that's about it. I think that kind of covers it. And also, you have a, a website where people can can catch you out. Oh yeah, too, yeah. So the, yeah, they can go to stevemarchtorme dot com and they can also follow me on Facebook. 
All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, sir. My, my beautiful wife is walking out the door. I'm going to go grab her. And uh, thanks for taking the time with me. I appreciate it. Oh, well, come back sometime and keep us updated on what all's going on with you. You got it, my friend. I've got your number, so you're stuck. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.